Well, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5, we'll look at verses 22 and 23, <clears throat> and the text is also printed in the bulletin. We were talking about peace today in our series uh, through the fruit of the Spirit. We're a third of the way in, talking about peace. Uh, the scriptures say a lot about peace, and it seems to me that they speak primarily in uh, two main ways, which I'll categorize, categorize as personal peace and relational peace. Maybe that makes sense, right? Uh, personal peace. It's that sense of calm or uh, rest or tranquility, you could say, uh, that you have internally. That you can have it as an individual person. You can have peace. Uh, secondly, relational peace is when two or more people enjoy a relationship uh, where, where strife and conflict have ceased. Uh, peace between people. Uh, in both cases, the word peace is used to describe something similar. Uh, it's used to describe this rested wholeness. It's a settledness. It's a a stability and a lack of turbulence, a lack of agitation. So I think it's fairly safe to say that here in the Fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, Paul is talking uh, primarily about personal peace. These Fruit of the Spirit seem to be things that, that we can have as individuals, that we can demonstrate as individuals. So it's that internal sense of calm and settledness that Christians in particular can have. So my guess is, if you're living in the same world that I am, and you're feeling your need for a peace like this, um, personal peace, maybe especially in the part of the world where we live in, maybe especially this year, uh, this week, maybe even especially today, you need a peace that comes from God. Maybe you're not quite sure exactly what that means, uh, or what that could look like in your life, but a supernatural peace sounds pretty good right about now. Um, and the gospel says that you can have personal peace because of Jesus. So that's what we'll talk about this morning. Uh, let me pray, then we'll read the scripture. We'll read it uh, together as we've been doing through this series. <clears throat> Father, we do come to you with many needs. Above all, our need is for you. It's for a relationship with you. We need for that relationship with you to change us from the inside out. So we pray that by your Spirit, you would help us to hear what you have to say to us so that we can live new lives in relationships with you through faith in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Now let's, uh, as, we, as we read together, um, let's read what's printed here in the bulletin uh, from Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so, it's been quite the year, 2020. You've got global pandemic and lockdowns. Uh, you've got um, worst-case scenario. Some of us know people who have died. Uh, we've had loved ones uh, dying uh, tensions rising, tempers flaring, people feeling the stresses of uh, all kinds of things, economic crisis, uh, the stresses of isolation, the stresses of being cooped up together, um, the stresses of over, having to overhaul the ways that we educate our children, big, big 
things. Uh, there's been an increase in domestic violence, relationships exploding. Uh, you've got riots in our cities. You've got wildfires in our cities threatening some of our homes. We've got extremely polarized and hostile political elections. This week, I think, has been fairly representative of the year uh, <clears throat> with the presidential election going undecided for days. Um, you know, people accusing each other of wrongdoing on a national stage, loud voices proclaiming that democracy is facing a dire threat. And now, uh, <clears throat> you know, toward the end of this week, our governor seems to be moving us toward maybe another lockdown. So it's the brokenness of the world. It's just right there for all to see. The brokenness of the world is on display. I saw in an interview <clears throat> on a local news station this week, um, it was an interview with the head of a university department of psychological sciences. Right, so this professor said, with anything that breeds uncertainty and fear, we do get tired of it. We can't maintain the same level. It's too wearing on us mentally, emotionally, and physically. So, you know, in this interview, they talk about the realities of uh, what they call COVID fatigue. People feeling drained and exhausted and stretched to their limits, which is made all the worse by the fact that there's really no end in sight. <laughs> COVID fatigue. And another news segment uh, was talking about post-election stress disorder. Post-election stress disorder as another current threat to our mental health and our emotional well-being. And we know people who are really freaking out. Um, and these are just some of the problems that we face in a developed nation. So in case you missed it, life is hard. <clears throat> life in this world that has been ruined by human sin against God, life in this world is hard. And humanly speaking, that's probably not going to change anytime soon. The circumstances of the world, not going to change anytime soon. <clears throat> so we need peace. We need a personal, settled calmness. We need to find rest for our souls in the midst of agitating circumstances, in the midst of agitating conditions. There's no guarantee that we're going to find relief from the things that distress us. So we need relief right in the middle of the things that distress us. We need relief when we are in distress. So where do you get that kind of peace? Where can such peace be found in a world like this? Or at a time like this? The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. True peace can be yours. Sounds hard to believe, no matter what you're facing. No matter what you're facing, it can be yours because of Jesus. And here's what that means. Jesus himself is called the Prince of Peace. He's the God of Peace. Come in the flesh to restore wholeness on both a personal level and a relational level. Especially with regard to our relationship with God. He came to reestablish, to give us as a gift, peace with God that changes everything. Gives us real personal peace and relational peace with others. 
Jesus came saying, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your souls. Jesus has faced all kinds of distress himself. He's faced all kinds of agitating circumstances. But because he enjoyed a relationship of peace with God as his father, he was able to face all his trials and all of his tribulations with an internal peace that we have a hard time even imagining. Jesus walked in a world that was swirling with nightmares. He walked in a world that was infested by and overrun by demons. He walked in a world of great evil. It was everywhere around him. It was a world filled with conflict and wars, not so different from our world. Jesus walked a world that was ruined by sin and was plunging headlong into the the darkness of chaos. In the midst of a world in turmoil, he was surrounded by faithless friends. He was surrounded by bloodthirsty enemies. And he had peace. Jesus had peace because his own soul was anchored in his relationship with God the Father. He had peace. In the Holy Spirit, Jesus knew that his relationship with God was secure. He had security, he had a deep sense of settledness about his relationship with God. No matter the attacks that were coming to him, no matter the accusations that were thrown at him, no matter how disruptive and disturbing the circumstances that he faced. And he took all of our true anxieties, the things that make us anxious in a world like this, all our true worries, all our true concerns, the true stresses, of our fractured and broken relationship with God. That's the source of real anxiety. That's the source of deep distress. And he took it. And he bundled all our burdens together. And he swallowed them all at Gethsemane. And he carried them to the cross where all our deep stresses and anxieties died. Died with him. The real problems that cause us cosmic level distress. The source of eternal agitation and anxiety, these were nailed to the cross with the Lord. The one thing truly to be worried about is whether or not you, a sinner, can be reconciled to a holy God who made you and who rules over you. This inevitable God that you will face. The only thing truly to be worried about is whether you can be reconciled to him. It's your greatest need to be in a right relationship with this inevitable Lord of all. And Jesus nailed the coffin shut on that worry when he died for the forgiveness of our sins. And when Jesus rose from the grave, he didn't bring those stresses back from the grave with him. The stresses were not resurrected along with him. When Jesus rose from the grave, all he bore with him was our reconciliation to God and peace. So three times, the resurrected Lord Jesus greeted his disciples, peace be with you. 
And so now it's, it's no longer a desperate question. Can we have peace with God? Is there such a thing as peace? Is it available to me? Can I feel it? Can I have it? It's not a desperate question. It's a reality that is proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You do have peace with God. Cosmic distress and eternal, eternal agitation are no more. And now you are invited in the name of Jesus, as Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, to cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It should be obvious that he cares for us. He does care for us. So you're invited to cast all your anxieties on him. Or as Paul writes in another place in, in Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything. We hear that resounding throughout the scriptures. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God is a supernatural peace that we're talking about, that the scriptures proclaim to us. It's God's own peace, the peace that God himself enjoys, that Jesus himself enjoys in the Holy Spirit, in his relationship with the Father. The peace of full security in eternal relationship with God. And Jesus opens up his own life with God to you so that you might share the benefits of his life, so that you might share in his own peace. It's exactly what we heard in the gospel reading that Ransom read this morning from John 14. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be uh, afraid. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the gift of Christ's own peace, the peace that he himself enjoys in relationship with God, shared freely with you because he loves you. And again, as Paul said, uh, this is a peace which surpasses all understanding. That means so much. Uh, it, it doesn't just mean that as you're sitting here reveling in this peace and somebody asks you about it and you say, I don't know, I can't understand it, I can't explain it, I have nothing to say about it. It passes understanding this peace. It doesn't make any sense. Um, that's not what it's talking about. It means that it's not a peace that we have that is based on our own understanding. God's peace that surpasses all understanding is not a peace that we have that's based, it's not acquired on our gaining understanding. This is the kind of peace that we do look for in this world. The peace that we imagine comes from just being able to get everything straight in our own heads, to be able to wrap our minds around everything that's wrong. That's the kind of peace we look for. Peace that's based on our own understanding. We look for peace that comes from our understanding of politics and economics and what's going on in the country. We look for our peace that comes from understanding human nature or relationships and how to manage those things. We look for the peace that comes when you have a perfect, standing, uh, perfect understanding of theology. If only you were right on every aspect of theology, you could feel good, you could feel settled, you could feel secure. 
It's so distressing to face the uncertainties, the uncertainties of life. That's what's really hard, right? Take for a common example the stress of not knowing, not understanding what is wrong with your body when you're suffering, when you've got ill health. Something's wrong with your body, the stress of not knowing, not understanding that. We sit in a hospital waiting room, we sit by the telephone, wondering what could possibly be the problem? What are those test results going to show? Will they show anything? We wonder if we'll figure out how to fix what's broken. It's just a problem of our understanding, because these things are uncertain. We say the worst part is not knowing. You've said that. Our friends and our family have said that. The worst part is not knowing. As if we would have real peace if we could just understand the problem. Maybe we could fix it if we could understand it. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding can be had even when you don't know what's going on. Even when you don't know exactly what's wrong or exactly how to fix it. It isn't because you have figured out your life or managed your life well enough to have divine peace. Not this peace of God that surpasses understanding. So I'm not saying that uh, you know, ignorance is bliss if you just avoid all knowledge. You know, just don't worry about it, then, uh, then you'll have peace. The scriptures hold forth that it's, it's knowledge that makes for peace. It's the relational knowledge of God that makes for peace. God's peace comes to us not because we know everything, not because we're in control and can manage everything. God's peace comes to us because we know, we know that he is in control, that he is sovereign, even though we might not be able to understand what he's doing. So Isaiah declares uh, in, in chapter 26 of his prophecy, speaking to God, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. I'm not an everlasting rock. I'm never going to be an everlasting rock to find peace in my own understanding or ability to manage. The Lord God is an everlasting rock, and we have perfect peace when we fix our minds on him and when we trust in him. God's peace that can be ours is a, a peace that makes our understanding actually unnecessary. You don't need to understand what God is doing in order to have peace. You might really want to. You might think that peace will only be found when you understand what God is doing. You don't need to. You only need to be settled about the reality that God is, in fact, sovereign, and that he does care for you, and that you will never lose his favor no matter what the circumstances of your life might seem to indicate. It might seem to indicate that you've lost favor with God, but the gospel of Jesus Christ says you never will. So that can't be what the circumstances of your life are indicating. God's peace that surpasses understanding doesn't emerge from your perception of the way things are going in this world. You don't, 
survey the world and survey your life and say, yes, these are things that are making for peace. Or, nope, there's no peace possible because we've seen it out there in the world. God's peace supersedes your perceptions of the world. You can have God's peace in spite of appearances, in spite of the way things seem to be going in your life. Even though it looks like everything is collapsing around us. Like we walk in a world full of nightmares, a world surrounded by enemies, we can have the same peace that Jesus himself has. David speaks of this peace in Psalm 4. He says to God, You have given me relief when I was in distress. You didn't change the circumstances. Enemies were surrounding me. But you gave me peace. You gave me relief when I was in distress. So in peace, I will lie down and sleep. These, these circumstances are not conducive to restfulness and lying down and sleeping. But in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. The peace of God, the fruit of the Spirit of Christ in us, it's not a relief from the things that distress us. It's a relief when we are in distress, in the midst of the things that distress us. So C.S. Lewis said, and it's a quote that's in the bulletin there, Life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. You can have this life with God, this peace that passes understanding, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a lockdown, in the midst of societal upheaval and political unrest. You can have this peace. <clears throat> you can have this peace in the face of any conflict at all. You can go into hard conversations with those you care about, where you've got to challenge them or confront them about something. You can have peace when you do that. When you endure the distress of attacks, the distress of false accusations against yourself, you can have peace. You have Christ's own peace. When you're waiting on the doctor for a diagnosis, you're waiting on the doctor for a treatment plan. When you're wondering what tomorrow might bring for, for you, for your work, for your family, or for your children, you can have peace as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, as a gift of God. You can have personal peace through faith in Jesus Christ. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, as Isaiah declared, we pray, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We will trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Jesus kept his mind stayed on you. He found you to be his rock. So we pray that you would help us by your spirit to keep our minds stayed on you and fixed on Christ. So that we would share in his peace. We pray that you'd help us to live from the belief that we are truly secure in our relationship with you, that nothing will ever change that because of your grace, no matter how distressing the circumstances of our lives might be. We pray that you would help us to 
grow this beautiful and refreshing fruit of the Spirit in our lives, to bear witness to your trustworthiness before an anxious and agitated world, to the glory of your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.